Three and two from Otani. He throws. Trout strikes out swinging. Otani and Japan celebrate a World Baseball Classic championship. This night, the great Shohei Otani in Japan just a little bit better than Mike Trout and USA. What an ending. Hey, White Sox fans, you just heard the very thrilling ending of the World Baseball Classic. Shohei Otani comes in for, for the save, pitches the last inning, matchup against teammate Mike Trout, apparently the first time they've ever faced each other. I have to think that somebody chucked a ball. One of them chucked a ball at each other over all these different years playing together. Uh, starts him out with uh, his crazy-ass breaking stuff, then hits him with four straight pieces of blistering heat, including a, a sort of a, a waste, I think, came close to 102 miles an hour. And then K's uh, Trout on... Uh, what they're calling a sweeper that basically covered the whole plate. And I'm sorry, Mike Trout at 87 miles an hour, even Mike Trout had no chance. Uh, Team Japan with the three, two victory uh, reclaiming uh, the world baseball classic title. Uh, we are dedicating. This is our first, this is post game podcast number 16. This is the first of the 16 we're devoting to, sort of not the White Sox. And, you know, why not? It's a, uh, we, we've all got caught more and more up in the World Baseball Classic to the point where we've had uh, consistent uh, coverage from Christina uh, Erdo on site. And uh, we've been doing a couple of podcasts, at least semi uh, devoted to it. This is the first one that's going to talk not about necessarily being at the World Baseball Classic, but watching it, the different rooting interests. Uh, hint, hint, if you're watching, we see definite affiliation from Dante Jones. And I would say very fairly repping uh, Team Mexico. It's Adrian Serrano. I'm Brett Valentini. I suppose I will take the U.S. by default. Whatever. Um but uh, first of all, just impressions from both of you, uh, the, the tournament, where you started with it in terms of your interest, how it built or or, or fizzled if it did uh, as it went on, and, and how this built up toward really a couple terrific games to wind all of this up. I mean, coming in, I'm not a huge supporter of spring training in general. So like any reason <laughs> to root for real baseball, like early on. <laughs> I'm into it. And it's just like anybody that watched any of these games, it's very clear very early on how much it means to the players. Yeah. Um, I think there was a, there's something I retweeted earlier. It's like the worst thing you can say about the WBC is that like the games are so exciting that a guy got hurt celebrating a huge win. Like, you know, like yeah. that's like, that's how uh, it, much it means. Uh, I think we had Randy uh, Rosarena on record saying that, you know, that catch that he made in the, you know, quarterfinals was bigger than any of the home runs he hit in the World Series. Like, uh, so it's it's hard not to watch any of these games and just kind of get pulled into it. I knew I was going to be interested. I didn't think I was going to become like, a, you know, a meatball pulling for my team um, by the end of it. But, you know, that's where we got to. And, uh, you know, that's the magic of baseball. And when you see when they're enjoying it that much on the field, like it's hard not to enjoy it that much as the spectator. Well, I am not going to do any disparaging, but speaking of meatballs cheering for their teams, the man has got himself a Team Japan jersey. I'm loving it. 
Uh, Dante, uh, same question. I mean, uh, you know, how how did your you know biorhythms change? Obviously, a team you were pulling for uh, took it all in really a thrilling fashion. But this had to be a lot of fun for you to watch as well. Oh yeah, I'll put it like this. I was on vacation all of last week, so actually, it was the absolute perfect time to like <laughs> be on vacation, not even knowing it like six months ago. Yeah. So, um, as a person that like loves, I love Team Japan. The Mexico team really like. Those blue and purple, I mean, those blue and pink jerseys, just beautiful. Like, stylistically, there's a lot of great style, except from America, because, you know, America. But, um, great game. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that, um, Japan won. I would have been fine if America won, because Lance Lynn and Tim Anderson get trophies then. Mm-hmm. And I guess Kendall Graveman, too. <laughs> so that would have been nice, but this works. <laughs> I love like like the this is why when people say does it matter? Yes, it matters to the players, and that's who it ma- should matter to the most. Mm-hmm. So as Adrian said, I don't like spring training. There's a reason why no one's seen my writing about spring training. <laughs> because I don't I don't have it in me to watch spring training games typically. But this, oh, sign me up every year. I will I will miss into twenty twenty six. When, uh, you know, we've had the naysayers and all that and, and, you know, and people are figuring out, okay, is this, is this the best way to, um, you know, is this the best way to do it? Um, you know, when should it be done? And, uh, you know, uh, there's been discussion about like, okay, maybe, uh, like hockey breaks for a month in the Olympics and maybe that's when it should be done. Um, but this sort of breaks into the season as well. It's spring training, uh, but technically the season has begun. This actually does, as you two have both pointed out, it sort of breaks up what is a really, it is the, it's an exciting time because baseball's coming back, but it's sort of the most mundane and it is a drag. I mean, six weeks of it is a drag. This sort of break, this punches it up in a way. And at this point now, okay, it's over and it's basically a week now sprint to the season. Okay. We can deal with that. It's sort of like already breaking up the season in a way that's not too disruptive. And uh, I think it, it sort of helps build excitement for the major leagues to get started uh, by seeing this. And I would probably say that if like, it, it probably, if none of our, if none of our teams were uh, so closely involved in, in the title uh, chase, uh, I think we'd still be caught up to some degree just because this is fun baseball to watch. You've got, you know, packed houses and, and, and all of that. So uh, the timing of it, it seems like it may already be pretty appropriate. Uh, does it feel right to you or is there a better time you think that this could be played? I mean, I think the argument could be made possibly for, you know, depending if it's going to be end up being in warm weather cities, which it seems to be anyway, most of these games that, you know, you could make a, an argument for it. Like, not necessarily you don't want to compete with the MLB playoffs, but like because this is such a big thing, like kind of something that would curtail more with the towards the end of the season. And then if, you know, if these injuries, if that's the concern, these injuries that might pop up, like you have a whole off season to kind of get back into shape before the season. Um, I think the next one has been uh, already agreed to for three years from now. And I think three years is a good amount of time in between them. Um, I mean, I'm selfish and I want them, you know, every year, <laughs> Dante, but uh, I think three years, knowing that a lot of these guys are under contract for other, you know, things. Um, and I don't foresee any kind of uh, 
thing happening like with the world cup where you know that's written into the bylaws that like it doesn't matter if you have a contract if your country calls for you you go mm-hmm. um i can't see that happening but i think at least like maybe the mlb teams would be a little more lenient to let more guys in if it wasn't like right before the season starts because it just starts you off in a deficit if something were to happen um and then maybe you wouldn't get the best of the best because there some of them would still be making a postseason run but maybe they wouldn't be as you know, missing it out, you know, as a player, you wouldn't miss it as much if you were playing for something else. So maybe uh, you start the early part, uh, you know, the earlier rounds, you know, as the postseason is drying up and then, uh, you know, finish it and let the do what the NFL does and try to own as much of the year as possible. You know, (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't see why that's not baseball's model. Like why be happy just with the summer, like keep pushing, you know, uh, the baseball uh, is played year round everywhere else in the world. So like, why isn't it here? Yeah. yeah we, that's we kind of how it feels like, oh. Go ahead, yeah, that's kind of how it feels like we should get yearly baseball. Like I've been watching so much more baseball outside of MLB over the last like couple years. Thanks to the whole lockdown and all that, trying to find games in, to, in Taiwan and things like that, like KBO games. Mm-hmm. All sorts of stuff. And one thing I really noticed is, like, again, this is fun. Everybody loves it. Woo. One. Two, and more importantly, apparently Rob Manfred has said that he wants more star-level pitching in these games. Like, he wants more MLB stars to Hmm. go to the country and represent them. And I think that's a really good sign for the future of this tournament. And there's going to always be a few people that think this is useless and think all this and all that. But at the end of the day, who cares? We all have fun. If they don't want to have fun with the rest of us, sounds good to them, not me. <laughs> yeah, the, the the only option, I think, in terms of moving it, um, in terms of the timing, uh, would be postseason. And it would uh, – you really can't let these guys have – time off and then ramp up again so you probably are going to cut the league in half and it really isn't going to be non-playoff teams i'm not even sure how you necessarily i guess you you pick like 60 guys and the guys are in the playoff okay they're not on the team and you know the guys on the white Sox get to play because they're not in the postseason uh and then you're just ramping right into it we brought it up last podcast where you know the, the the two chicago teams because they were basically never in the world series would play the city series uh every year from about 1900 to uh pretty much world war ii uh and that was like a legit for real money oftentimes money superseding the world series money in fact that caused a little trouble on the north side of town because uh, the team was accused of lying low in order to play the city series and not the world series uh but i mean that was legit they ran right into it after the season uh you know no reason to have a layoff where then maybe injury can come up so if you are going to move it from this ramp up time, it really has to be sort of the, uh, the fade out of the season time. And, you know, you cast a wide enough net for players from the majors and that, and that goes, you know, obviously not just for team USA, but for any player in the major leagues representing their country, you cast a wide enough net, you're, you're going to get guys and it's not necessarily going to be the worst players because of course there are, as we well know, there are good players on 500 or worse teams. <laughs> Hopefully not this year, though. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, we actually do have breaks now. We are representing the mighty and powerful Fans for Sports Network. Uh, they have a message to share with you. I'm not sure what it is. This is all new to me. This is actually our first podcast with our actual logo. Shout out, Team USA, second baseman. 
uh, TA. Uh, so this is the first time we've put it all together. And Adrian Serrano and Dante Jones are lucky enough to be sharing in that with me. Uh, we're going to take a minute break, come back, talk more WBC and you know, whatever else. We got to get to talk about Mexico and Japan a little bit. Uh, so we'll do that in about one minute. White Sox fans and World Baseball Classic fans, we are here on the Sox Populi. I, I know I'm going to just start calling it Sox Pop at some point. It's it's just too, I didn't take Latin. You know, I I barely took Spanish. Uh, so, uh, oh, that's not true. I'm nearly fluent. Just ask uh, Carlos Gomez and all the guys. Uh, Diane Viciedo. Oh, we, we actually did interviews together. Diane, shout out uh, wherever you're playing. Are you playing still in Korea, Japan, wherever you are? Shout out to you. You were my buddy and trying to help me learn and practice my Spanish in the locker room and vice versa. English coming right back at me. Awesome. Okay. Uh, my personal diary aside, let's get back to the World Baseball Classic where we saw Japan win a thriller against uh, Team USA. I'm not sure. I guess you could say it was in doubt because it was a close game throughout. Uh, that scrappy Japan team. You want to talk about grinder ball? These guys just chisel you down. Now, the pitching certainly helps, just like Grinder Ball, by the way. And by the way, Grinder Ball came with a lot of big hits. Uh, I remember, certainly as a much younger fan, I don't know if this rep still sticks with Japan. I don't think it does because Hideki Mitsui, Ichiro could hit whatever, 50 homers a year. Uh, certainly Shohei Otani. Power is in Japan, but back in the old days it was like well that is not a very good league because these guys their home runs are all cheap they can't hit well who hit the home runs tonight and who has continued to put out incredible offensive output in addition to doing the little things stolen bases uh annoying the uh subpar usa bullpen whatever uh let's talk a little bit about the championship game what you guys saw in it uh obviously dante close to it uh repping the jersey but uh, uh adrian as well uh knowing that mexico was that close I mean, literally that close, maybe truly in all of our hearts, maybe the second place team of this uh, tournament, uh, just how that game went and, and, and how you felt watching it. You can go ahead, Tati. All right. So the way I felt was it was just great to see, like, Mike Trout was in an important baseball game tonight. Shohei yeah. Otani was in an important baseball game tonight. They've been in less important baseball games than Tim Anderson. They've been in less yeah. important baseball games yeah. than Kyle Schwarber, who are both in tonight's game. Mm -hmm. Team Japan has so many dudes, and we're going to soon get the can't wait for this guy to come to America thing that people love to do. But as you were saying earlier, like people saying the leagues aren't as good over there, aren't as good here and there, whatever. Well, they just won the World Baseball Classic again. So, seems like it's pretty good. They just beat the all-powerful Team USA, who, as Brett said, that was a bull. Like, if I was running that bullpen, I would have just put all starters and, like, three of the best American relievers in the game, I guess, or something other than this. Again, Kendall Graveman. You're on the White Sox. I, I'm supposed to support you, but, my God, why is Kendall Graveman on the team over other dudes that could have been on this team? Speaking of White Sox, like, Jose Ruiz was in the World Baseball Classic. Mm -hmm. There's a lot yeah. of dudes that I doubt, besides Schwarber, I doubt most of these dudes will be playing important baseball in October. I think that's the so, big takeaway, too, like, that why this tournament in particular is so special is just that it's not like we all know 
that Shohei Tani is very good at baseball. You know, like this isn't going to prove or disprove that in any way, but to watch the guys that we don't know, like Jose Ruiz stand up, like once he's got his country on his chest, they become different players. They're taking on a different role to watch Patrick Sandoval start that game yesterday versus Japan and just take his country on his back and like pitch beyond anything his career, you know, would have showed you otherwise. It's just different. They've never gotten a chance to play at this level. Like they've never gotten a chance to play in games that mean this much to this many people. Like this might be tonight's game they're talking about might be the, you know, the most watched baseball game of all time, like televised, (laughs) you know, that's, that's a thing, you know, like, the World Series is the most important, quote unquote, you know, um, to the Western view and the, the baseball view in, you know, the numbers of this is the biggest league and the most talent congregated in one place. But like none of those World Series games will put up the numbers of eyeballs that were on this game tonight. So like to watch kids like, you know, Roki Sasaki, you know, last night against Mexico and some of the other kids that, you know, are 21, 22 from Japan that probably will be coming over here in the next three to four years. Like, I think those are the ones that really make this a special tournament. Yeah, we have no choice but to acknowledge that there may be, like, it's not ever going to replace the World Series, but there's a new World Series, and and this is it. And if you listen to the players, of you know, they're not going to say this is more necessarily important than the World Series, but the fact that you could talk about it in the same breath in the same sentence is significant. You got a guy like Masataka uh, Yoshida, uh, the big post uh, posted player coming over this year, heavily criticized uh, contract. Uh, he's sort of a, a small guy, heavily criticized contract for Boston. And what did he do? He out hit Shohei in, in, in this tournament. Again, small sample size, but, you know, okay, um, these guys are having the opportunity to open eyes. Uh, and that goes for, you know, Team Mexico, Puerto Rico. It's not just the stars. It's not just Javi Baez doing his um, swim slide or, you know, a, a big pitcher for somewhere, the U Darvishes for Team Japan. It's these guys that we we're just getting to know. Um, or who are maybe even just making a name for themselves. I mean, it seems like uh, a Rezarina for uh, is like he, he's like every few years <laughs> is like you know the best player you know in the world. And maybe that's a, a, a good seg to uh, just talk about watching Team Mexico, uh, Adrian, and 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 how you felt seeing that and a team that really just came within a whisker of, of potentially taking it all. Yeah, I think I think we saw two two camps and they were probably the four best teams in the whole tournament and show played like it for most of it, uh, which we had the two offensive, mainly offensive teams in team USA and team Venezuela that, you know, ended up nine, seven, I think their matchup to get there. Um, and then uh, coming in with Japan and Mexico probably had the best overall talent at a starting rotation and bullpen uh, level. So you saw these two kind of guys have to cross over each other to get there. Um, and, it was just, uh, I think Mexico came in as something like plus two thousand, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, so to win this tournament. So like nobody expected them to barely get out of the, you know, the the first rounds, let alone you know be within three outs of the actual final. Um, so just to watch that team kind of rally around uh, a Rosarena in in general and watch him become a star and um, Isaac Paredes become a star and like I said I mentioned uh Patrick Sandoval earlier like had a great year coming off a pretty good year for uh 
the uh, the Angels, and uh, we made a lot about Shohei and Trout today, but uh, Patrick Sandoval struck out both Otani and Trout in this uh, tournament and made sure to let them know about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's just exciting, and I hope, like, if nothing else, like, this run for Mexico is, like, inspiring to, you know, the next generation of young kids in, you know, Mexico and Mexican-Americans to, like, play baseball again, and, like, they just – when you don't see people that look like you and wear your team's colors, like it's hard to say that that sports for me. And I think a lot of baseball uh, on the MLB side has done a poor job in spreading to the other countries because it's kind of all of this like inclusive club of like us baseball and like baseball is the same everywhere. Like, I think that's what we're learning. Like, you know, they love it just as much everywhere else. So it's like, got to get out of this mindset of like, you might be the biggest and you know most established league but that doesn't mean you own love for baseball um so i think as you just let that next generation you know see people enjoying it as much as we see these guys enjoying the wbc i think it just starts that next generation of ball players that's going to you know try to get to the point that they saw when they were a kid on tv yeah it's been some time uh, since mexico i guess has been as resonant um a voice in the baseball world as has been of course we all know fernando Elzuela. white Sox have uh history there in in uh employing or finding uh jorge orta uh and and that was in part due to the fact that minoso minoso just never stopped playing he ended up going to the mexican league and and player managing for a number of years i think he played a role in sort of like pointing the white Sox toward a, a couple of players but you know it's been sort of a quiet voice for as much talented as there uh, we do not list them and they do not show up in uh, Mexico does not show up in, in drafts and, and so forth. And you're right. The, the, the one way to change that and start reversing the course, Adrian is, is tournaments like this, where it's like, Hey, wait, I, I see my people. Um, I see somebody like me doing this and, you know, who knows what the, I mean, we don't know, we won't know for a, maybe a decade or more, the trickle down effect of this, but it has to be positive for, for baseball in Mexico and has to be positive for uh, Mexicans and Mexican, Mexican Americans uh, making, having more of a footprint uh, in the major leagues. It's just becoming more, you know, more and more uh, international uh, uh, Dante, uh, you know, from the Japan perspective, but just from this whole tournament perspective, heck even Italy, probably the only longer shot than Mexico, maybe heading into at least the, whatever the round of 16 it was. Uh, and of course, you know, we're not under any illusions about, you know, what, 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 what Italian, they, they just, they just hired all the mercenaries anyway for, for their uh, little short run into the, into this tournament. But I mean, the fact that you've got a, a number of different countries and not always the ones you expect um, playing such a significant role in this and really playing on a pretty equal level, Puerto Rico, um, Cuba, you know, rallied for sure. Uh, USA, uh, Japan, Mexico, uh, you know, you got a number of teams, really any of them could have, uh, could have won this thing. Um, th- that's significant. That's only really a good thing, uh, Dante, in terms of what, you know, the, the future holds for this is an international sport, right? So um, when you guys were talking about like how like it can inspire kids in Mexico, I was just thinking, man, man it would be amazing to have something like this and include teams from Africa. Like maybe, you know, you should start growing the footprint of mm-hmm. baseball in different African countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with about it with a few people and we'll talk about how like it would be dope to have Af- like South Africa and Ethiopia or something like this base does people that would love to play baseball there. 
You just mm-hmm. MLB has not because MLB is the biggest name and biggest show in town. MLB has decided markedly over the years to not focus on mm-hmm. people across the African diaspora, whether in America or in Africa itself, unless they happen to be from the Dominican, Venezuela, or Cuba, where they feel like they could take advantage of younger athletes to get them to sign deals that are nowhere near the worth that they're actually playing for. So it's things like that that make you think, wow, like this can expose baseball to a lot of people. And I was thinking about the Team Mexico thing. I was talking to um, an online friend, as I'll call him, um, cool dude named Alex, um, Alexis, and he's been just like watching this with his um, grandfather and stuff like that. And it's like seeing being able to watch Mexico make this run in the tournament that no one expected them to, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Like, I'm almost tearing up thinking about it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so dope. And we can do, like, we as a sport can do so much better. But things like this show me that there is a path to being better, at least. And let's shout out the White Sox. I mean, they uh, they are one of the... Uh, leaders uh i think it's it's pretty well known in fact they were just honored by major league baseball this last off season for the efforts they made with rbi and that's been a program that you know they instituted that they've really pushed and they've gotten uh scores of players uh, to college and into the major leagues uh, or and certainly certainly into the draft um through through their efforts uh and you're you're right dante it's a matter of choices uh the nba Basketball doesn't seem to have a problem with that outreach. Soccer certainly doesn't seem to have a problem with that sort of outreach into Africa. You want to talk about uh, opportunity I mean, for an enormous, the enormous. NFL, no. The NFL has programs to reach out to Africa. And it's like, we could be doing the exact same thing, but we choose not to across baseball. And like, there's been a video of a Ugandan catcher that's been circulating for the last month or so. I believe Kyle Farnsworth is like pushing it real hard, trying to get him signed. It's like a 16 year old in Uganda that like barely has any equipment, even. Mm-hmm. But he saw baseball one day and was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Trust think that- me, there's more than one kid in Uganda that's saying, I would love to play baseball. Yeah, and I think that comes back Dave to what Ketcher. I was saying about the uh, just the MLB in general and baseball as a uh, an organization in the U.S. Like being so insular and being so against change and being so against branching out. Like they they want to keep it the same as it always is. They want to always keep looking backwards at where they came from. And like it's fine to keep looking backwards and appreciate the history, but like to not let the game grow and not have the best people possible finding the game and playing it, I think, is a disservice to you know, both the game and the people watching it and just, you should be going to find everybody, you know, <laughs> like there's no reason to to limit to the shores of one country, you know, like when there's players that can play on the highest level, um, you know, possibly the best player. We saw the, you know, the, the whole tournament ends on a strikeout from possibly the best players. And one of them wasn't born in this country, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, that's that's all you need to know. Like they're they're out there. That the next guy, that's the best player you've ever seen, is somewhere, possibly in a country that we wouldn't have expected them to come from. And as farcical as it seems that the major leagues, uh, that MLB based uh, completely at this point, right? Uh, oh yeah. Well, other than Trump, sorry, Blue Jays fans, um, in in the United States, uh, could ever be a secondary league. And of course, in our lifetimes, that is unlikely to happen. But the idea that if 
uh, a league that is close enough in competition. I imagine the only one that really jumps out at this point is uh, Japan, but it's not even inconceivable that uh, the Syrian national could also be that did start tapping into what is just an enormous resource. We'll say in Africa, but there's more than just Africa as well. Uh, it doesn't mean that the gap couldn't be closed. Uh, you know, the MLB ignores uh, black players in their in its own country, much less throughout the world at its own peril. And, you know, if you want to see uh, Team USA maybe never winning this again, or certainly the, the, the competition level of, say, uh, uh, MPB, uh, getting a lot closer uh, to to uh, to MLB in the U.S., um, you know, keep sort of ignoring, you know, at 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 their peril, um, you know, just just keep that up because you know the, the progress doesn't stop; it marches yeah. on, and and you know you you know you you got to get on the train. So come on, <laughs> yeah, because I mean... you can always fall back on the argument that like, well, you know, the best of the best of the U.S. players don't necessarily play in this tournament, but like as it continues to go like this and you see the other countries really care about it more, I think it lights a fire under some of those U S guys to say like, all right, like I need to, you know, represent my country. I need to, you know, play in this type of tournament. I need to be seen on this type of stage. Um, and that in itself is already growing the game because it's creating uh, more motivation for these players that maybe have already kind of felt like, all right, I made the pros. I don't need to push anymore. It's like, there's, there's always more, to push for and you know grow the game just by existing dante did you, did you have yeah yeah to... so like for example like we said some of the best players in the world maybe not all americans want to play in all the american players mike trout and mookie best won this entire tournament two of the yep. best players in yeah. american baseball yep. were in this tournament like Tim Anson, this is his top 10 shortstop in baseball in the tournament. Like, the only thing that America, that Team USA couldn't bring to the tournament that other countries could is stellar pitching. Like, Lance Lynn is America's ace. So, you know, Lance Lynn, great picture. He's probably going to be the number three on the White Sox. That's an issue for America if they want to win this. So, as you guys said, progress never stops. So, maybe we should start progressing to Maybe next time we'll have Aaron Nola or David DeGrom or the equivalents playing in three years. Mm-hmm. Now that's now that I'm saying that Dylan Cease and Dylan Cease, who does he play for? Team USA or Team Israel? That's the question we'll be seeing in three years, maybe. It could be. Uh and you know, let's face it, we I we were joking about this, I think, a couple of podcasts ago. I mean, this is the baseball Olympics. I mean, uh, baseball's not, you know, it's it's on, it's off of an Olympic sport. I don't know that it's had the same sort of uh effect when it's been an olympic sport this is baseball's olympics for us as fans of baseball this really should be the world event that captures our attention and i think this tournament has done a lot toward that uh so i think you know you got a few it's not like it's it isn't you know six months from now it's not like the next year's team is already picked uh you know there's time to ramp up to this and say okay maybe we are going to actually uh throw a little more attention to this it's a tribute to the u.s that with a pitching staff that was you know perhaps not measuring up no offense lance uh you know they they came within a run and you know maybe a few strikes of winning this whole thing but hey you know this isn't exactly a a usa men's basketball here where it's just like we can you know we can run backwards and this isn't called as captain america basketball (laughs) 
So it's a bit different, a little bit different than, like you said, in soccer where we get routed. Yeah, we can, because uh, we can make an argument that like some of these best, you know, the pitchers maybe didn't opt into the thing, but like the U.S. also comes from a huge advantage of having many more pitchers to choose from. You know, <laughs> like they don't, they can't get down to the fourth and fifth level and get a Lance Lynn. You know, like they're they need to pick from the best of the best just because it's a smaller pool of, uh, you know, talent. So. Um, but I, I think it just overall, I don't know how anybody could have watched this tournament and come away thinking anything else, but like baseball is the best and I want us the next tournament to start tomorrow, you know, rather than watch the white Sox. <laughs> oh, plenty of podcasts to address that Adrian. So I'll bleep that out. Um, and, 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 and that's just it. You know, the, um, uh, the, the naysayers, because we, we heard them and they're probably still even, you know, sending some dumb tweet out. But I would like to think that after these last two, three games, that that some of those people who might have been you know, knee jerking, you know, in terms of their reactions might even pull that back. Because I don't think you can watch what we watched and deny uh, the excitement. Now, you may quibble with the timing or, or you know, I, I don't know what you quibble with at this point, but quibbling with the competition and the excitement that's just a foolhardy move and you are really going to expose your ass if you decide to you know tweet oh this is stupid i don't know why we're doing it i mean it's in spring training yes there are a couple injuries those injuries could very easily have happened in spring training games uh and there's so much more pride and interest than a game pitting the diamondbacks against the giants or the white Sox against anybody so you know, God bless this WBC because I came in like, okay, whatever. I'll be honest. I was like, yeah, so what? You know, um, and this data, so what? You know, reaction. We're doing a post game podcast about it. You know, um, because this was super cool. And had the games not even been that great and close, if they were all blowouts, it still would have been interesting. You know, interesting to discuss and, and speculate on the, of the future of a tournament that pits this many great players. Uh, who are all like beating their chests and incredibly proud to be there and competing at a high level. And I'm sure the guys who didn't do it so well, Luis Robert, not feeling so good. Yoan, I think feeling pretty good going into White Sox camp. Luis like, oh man, I, I, man, I didn't really show up the way I needed to. And, you know, I am, you know, I hope he doesn't drag into the season, but hey, listen, you know, the guys who stepped up, you can see them maybe really launching into the season. Watch out. I don't want to play Tampa early. <laughs> I do not want to play Tampa early. <laughs> And I think we do. So, uh oh, <laughs> darn it, Team Mexico! What are you doing? Yeah, that's the next three years is uh, <laughs> Robert and Juan Moncada trying to convince uh, Rosarena to play for Cuba next time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, really. I was gonna say. I mean, it's Tampa. They was gonna probably beat us anyway. So you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Um, well, I promise for those of you who are somehow listening to this, but are like, "Hey, man, when are you gonna start talking about the White Sox?" Well, all right. Sorry, we sort of did skip over it. We, you know, we name checked all the White Sox and not always with derision, uh, but we will ha- really have no choice but to back into talking about the White Sox, you know, coming up soon. I'm not sure if the next um, Sox Populi Sox Pop podcast is going to be like pregame opening day. I don't know what we've got slated before that, but certainly we will have a ton of content like we did last year, more than last year with the new FSSN uh, network and Adrian Serrano will be joining me for plenty of those. Dante Jones as well. Uh, of course, till they kick me off, I'll be, Hosting this thing and forced to talk about the White Sox, whether I have plenty like of it or not. Yes, and we all do. And hopefully we can spin them good because, hey, listen, spring training's not been so bad. I don't know what it means, but 
we could we could be feeling worse. So uh, who knows? Maybe we can just roll a little bit of optimism into the season. And hey, anything more than better than five hundred, I guess we got to be sort of happy with. I mean, last year pretty much depants us all in terms of having any arrogance and any chip about uh, what this window of contention should be. But hey, you know what? That is Future Sox Populi Podcast. I will learn to speak Latin at some point, and I'll come right back at you, host another thing, hopefully with Adrian and Dante uh, with me real soon. At the very least, we'll have a pregame opening day podcast coming up in just about a week. Uh, We'll see what else we can squeeze in between now and then. Thanks, everybody, for listening.